Hi, and welcome back. I'm your host, Robin, and you are now listening to my podcast, Broken, Strength Under Control. Matthew 5 through 14 through 16 says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Amen. Well, welcome back. It's another week we have survived. Y'all, can you believe that the year is almost over? I know, right? Like literally Thanksgiving is going to be here in less than three weeks and then we'll be in Christmas and New Year's. And actually, I get excited about that time because we have more days off towards the end of the year, which is always exciting, especially when you, you know, you kind of look forward to those days off. Um, I'm not really still kind of. Well, that didn't make sense, but I have been celebrating my birthday. And so I'm still just like in awe of how God just people just showed up from calls to text. And I'm so grateful and so thankful for the opportunity um, to celebrate with so many different people. Um, And just to see 50, y'all, that's half of a century at this point. And so um, just real grateful and real thankful um, for just everything that God is doing and the way that he's just showing me different things in my life currently. And so you know, I'm always just kind of mindful and asking what my next assignment is and, you know, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I, am I where I'm supposed to be at? And um, so it's been interesting. Hold on for just a second. Oh, excuse me. My allergies is acting up terrible. So let me just try to get through this without sneezing, y'all. Kind of felt like I was about to sneeze. But anyway, um, tonight, you know, I never know what I'm going to talk about, honestly, until I've done a podcast and it starts getting towards the weekend and then God will drop something in my spirit, whether it's through another message that I'm listening to or a conversation that I'm having with someone. Um, That's usually when God will drop in my spirit what I'm to talk about next. And so tonight... I am going to be talking about touching the hem of his garment. Yes, that is the last chapter in my book that's out. Shameless plug, by the way. Um, And I just got a question. How long have you been suffering with something, whether it's been an issue, uh, whether it's been a circumstance, whatever it has been, how long have you been suffering with it? The woman that this scripture talks about, she dealt with something for 12 years. She had an issue with blood for 12 years and she exhausted every resource, all of her income, and nobody could fix what was going on with her. So that's my question tonight. How long have you been dealing with your issue? I don't know about y'all, but 
truthfully speaking, it took me 12 years to write my first book. I haven't even started on number two or number three, which I do need to. Um, but it took me 12 years to write the first book. And it just, to me, it symbolized it took her 12 years to judge her circumstance and her situation. When is enough enough? When do you get tired? When do you just say, okay, you know what, Lord, enough is enough. I, I, I can't do this too much more. That you get so desperate, regardless to who see you, what, are, what people are saying about you or anything, how long have you dealt with your issue? So let me just jump right on in. Interesting because, you know, I Google everything. And usually when I Google stuff, some good stuff come up and it's good to use it because it triggers other things in me. Like God will give me other things to talk about or touch on when I Google different things. So y'all, I'm the Google queen. I Google everything, right? Some of it's true, some of it's not. But anyway, the hem of his garment, hem actually means fringe, tassel, or the border of a garment. The tassel had blue thread in it. This was to remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. So this was back in Moses's day when this commandment was ordered for them to basically put the tassels on the hems of their on the hems of their the border of their garments basically. And the color blue just represents the presence of the Lord. So it kind it it works. It was for them to remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. So not only did they have to attach these tassels or fringes to the border of their garments, but they were ordered to make sure that there was blue thread in them. And I thought that that was interesting because when I thought about Jesus's garment, you know, um, it would be equivalent to today, you know, there are people who have prayer shawls. And I don't know if you've ever seen one or not, but I've seen several. Um, but it would be so back in his day when he was here walking the earth, you know, the garment that he wore had tassels on the end of the border, basically. And they were blue. And so today you would see like a prayer shawl. I don't know of anyone that walks around with garments on with blue tassels, fringes, tassels, at, you know, and they were to be placed on the corners of the garment. So the corner of the garment represented their identity. Wow. Okay. Um, it was a symbol of who they were and what they stood for. That's interesting. So not only were they told to place these at the border of their garment, and they had to be attached to the corners, basically, of the garment with blue thread intertwined 
in the fringes, right? But it represented their identity, who they were and what they stood for. Now, if that is not a way to distinguish whose side you on, I don't know what way is. Um, I know, Edgy, right? Very interesting. That's what I said too. And that's why when Ruth was seeking marriage to Boaz, she asked him to spread the corner of his garment over her. It was a request for him to identify with her. Y'all, I was like, whoa, okay. So then, you know, the more I kept just trying to find more information about Jesus's garment and the hem of his garment that she touched, I was like, okay. So now Ruth asked Boaz to spread the corners of his garment over her to identify with her. That was his way of, that was her way of requesting that he identify with her. Okay. So it just makes you think even all the more, right? How important touching the hem of his garment, this, how important the scripture actually is, right? And so I'm just, I like to say this and sum it up this way. It was when her faith touched his grace, she was healed. I'm gonna say that again. When her faith touched his grace, she was healed. Okay. She wanted to identify with him. And I was just like, okay, wait a minute. And so, you know, she was the only person in the New Testament that he called daughter. Y'all. And what was so interesting about this, because, you know, there were so many different things that was going on all at the same time, you know, before she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus had just cast out the legion of demons in the man when he came across the water, right? And he had just, you know, cast out all those, the legion of demons out of that man, right? Then he's going through the crowd on his way to Jairus' house, a synagogue leader. And you know what's so crazy was was that don't it, does it ever make you ever wonder how I mean we already know that he never sleeps, he never slumbers, he's never tired, you know, he's, he has an ear to everyone and everything. And could you just like imagine for just a second all the prayers coming up in his ear, all the whatever coming up before the Lord and he has an answer for each and every one of them. Mind blowing to me. But anyway, he was on his way to Jairus's house to heal Jairus's sick daughter who happened to be 12 years old. So now you had a woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years. And then he was on his way to heal a sick child who was 12 years old. Right. But it just shows you that God is sovereign even over distractions. So 
he didn't even allow the fact that, yes, he just healed, just cast all those demons out of the man, a legion of demons out of the man. Then he's walking through this crowd and, you know, people are grabbing at him, trying to, you know, get close to him. And just think about what she had to do, what she was actually risking. Now think about us in today's time. Let's just bring it forward to today's time. Think about how you would feel if for 12 years, and you know, we going crazy in this pandemic thing, right? Just think about how we was when this first happened, where you couldn't go no place, you couldn't connect with nobody. Okay, so just imagine for 12 years, not really being able to hang out with your girls, none of that. Why? Because you was, un you was technically unclean. And anything that you touched became unclean. And so you had to be basically put in solitaire, so to speak, a segregated from everybody else and everything else until you was clean again. So now I can't even imagine how many days out of the month was she clean if she bled for 12 years and had to be segregated that entire time. So now just think about what she risked could you imagine the thoughts that was going through her mind when she thought about, okay, I, I heard he's coming, but I, I got to go. If I could just get close enough, you know, and it wasn't even her saying if I could just touch him. She said, if I could just get close, I'm going to be ill. See, I, so she was willing to risk being being that she was unclean, Jesus being clean, which lets you know that his grace and his love for us is just never ending because it didn't matter that she was unclean. Just think about the embarrassment. Just think about the humility. Just think about how she was probably taunted and picked on and just different things like that. So she was isolated all that time from everything and everyone. So could you just like imagine just like, can you imagine her thoughts, you know, and she was willing to do whatever she went to what, I don't know how many doctors, probably those who dealt delved in magic and witchcraft and everything else trying to get rid of it, but it just, it didn't happen. Right. And so I thought to myself, like, what would I be like if 12 years I was isolated from everything and everyone that I cared about or just no contact because of my situation and my circumstance? And we can bring it to modern day. Right. We could talk about how we tend to isolate ourselves when, you know, we're not, I know for me when I was, and this is a truth moment and a very transparent moment, I was in a relationship that I should not have been in. He was married and I knew he was married, but at that particular time in my life, I just chose to 
just do my own thing. And God takes care of babies and fools because I was being foolish, right? So his grace and his love still covered me, even in my mess and in my sin, because clearly I was out of order and I was out of line, period, in the story. There's no getting away around that, basically. But I would not take communion. I would go to church. And when we had communion Sunday, I would not do it because I felt like if I took communion, that was just bringing more on me. Then, and I just felt like, Lord, if I cannot do this the way I'm supposed to do it, I'm just not going to do it at all. And someone said to me, no, that's the time when you should have been at the table taking communion. But, you know, when you raised and taught different things in the church and stuff like that, you just kind of feel like, shoot, everything you do, I'm going to hell for it. <laughs> you know, that was just my mindset and my thought process about it. But just think about the fact of how I allow sin, what I was doing in my life to keep me from my relationship with him. So instead of digging deeper and going more closer and trying to draw more closer to him, I was going in the opposite direction. Why? Because it was just like, I know I'm living wrong. God is not pleased with me. You know, the shame, the condemnation, um, living with that for years. And it has only been within the last several years that I truly have walked in his grace. Trust me, know the word, have a relationship with the Lord. But I lived in condemnation for years and I isolated myself from my relationship with him because I did not think that it was okay. I wasn't living right. So there wasn't no need for me to be in the church. You know, my thought process was, well, I'm going to go to hell. I'm not going to hell on the technicality. I'm going to go and I'm going bust wide open, but I ain't trying to go. I'm just saying, but I isolated myself from my relationship with him because of how I thought he was looking at me. So now if she felt like if she was being taunted and, and different things by, you know, her peers and, and, and different ones in the tribe, the group or whatever she, you know, her family and friends that she has surrounding us, or surrounding her rather, um, just because you just imagined like the fact that they probably was taunting her um, and, and she had fear. She was fearful. You know, because she was unclean. So she was getting ready to take the biggest chance and risk of it all for the sake of to be healed. She wanted some relief, some reprieve. How many of us have just needed some relief, some reprieve? I know there used to be a time when I would just say, okay, Lord, because it seemed like one thing after another, after another, after another, you look around, it was just so many different things that just kept happening. And it was like, okay, Lord, can I just, can a sister get a break? Let me just have a moment and then you could just bring it back on, you know? So could you imagine how she just needed some relief from this? And so she was about to do the unimaginable. She didn't really care what anybody I know, right? Angie, depression, listen, that too. 
um, because that is isolation, you know, and a lot of times you dealing with it and then don't even, you, you don't want people to know because you're fearful of how people are going to look at you. What are they going to say about you? You know, and so you have to be so careful with what you share and who you share it with. So now just imagine though, she didn't have nobody. She was isolated from everyone. So who else was she going to talk to? Who else was going to be there to listen to her? And she heard that he was coming through. I believe she just was like, okay, you know what? I'm about to go ahead on. If I die, whatever, if I'm condemned, whatever, they send me, stone me, whatever. That's what it's just going to be. But I just need a break from this. 12 years, I'm tired. Nobody else can seem to fix it. But she heard about who could fix it. And she was willing to risk everything. Sometimes you just have to be willing to risk everything for the sake of peace and everything else that you need in your life in that season, in that moment. You have to just be willing to say, you know what? It is what it is. And whatever happens, that's what's just going to happen. But I have got, and Lord, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to let go till you, you, you fix this, till you bless me. I'm not going to let go of you. And, and so again, it's so easy to run in the opposite direction when all hell is breaking loose in your life because you feel some kind of way and you don't want people all in your business. You don't want people looking at you so strange and, and talking about you and just different things like that. But sometimes you have to just throw two shades to the wind and say, you know what? It's going to be what it's going to be, but I need a break. I need some reprieve. I need a release. I need some relief. I need some peace. I need some joy. I need some. And you know, that takes be, me making an active choice, having a different mindset. So I can't even think about what her mindset was like. It was just got to be, well, you know what? I'm just about to gamble everything. So anyway, him calling her daughter. The first thing that it represent was was it was to claim her as his own. So he actually claimed her as his own when he called her daughter. So when he he calls us daughters, sons and daughters, that is to claim us as his own. Right. To identify for us to identify with him. Right. And then he one. Now, what it made me think about was there was a couple of things that made me think about when it said he affirms her faith in front of everyone. So now could you imagine someone that's unclean touches who's clean and he don't look at her no kind of way. He don't say, you know, what, what you touch me for, girl? I know what's going on with you, but you know, you ain't even, why are you even here? He didn't even handle her that way. Not only did he affirm in front of the crowd, but it made me think of a couple things. Those things that you do in secret will be rewarded openly. And it also made me think of 
the thing, the people that try to come against you, the people that try to talk down upon you, the people that try to throw shade your way, that God will bring you up right in front of them. So while you're down and they talking about you and they whatever they're doing, but it just makes me think about how he will bring you up out of the ashes in front of those folks that that counted you out, talked bad on your name, did all kind of things behind your back, said that they were your friends, but they really wasn't, you know, said that they would be there for you, but they really wouldn't. And they didn't. But it just makes me think about the fact that those things that we do in secret, the things that people don't get to see, people don't know that, you know, um, a lot of people didn't know. And I'm going to use myself as an example. A lot of people did not know that I was dealing with depression to a point of being suicidal, to a point of checking my own self in the hospital. A lot of people didn't know that about me because every time they saw me, I was very well put together. But I'm going to tell you something. We are very good at hiding things when we don't want people to know. So basically what I did was I put a Band-Aid on what I didn't want people to know. Why? Because I didn't want people talking about me. I didn't want people asking me a lot of questions about the who, what, where, when, why's in the house. A lot of that stuff I couldn't even explain. And so how was I going to answer questions about why did I feel this way? Why did I feel like I was not appreciated? Why did I feel like I was not loved? Why did I feel like it wouldn't matter if I wasn't here or, or not? Who would care? Why did I feel that way? I didn't have any answers for those questions. And so a lot of people didn't know. So could you imagine? She lived this out in front of folk. People saw and knew what her issue was. But she didn't have, she couldn't get the help through the doctors and whoever else she tried to go see. Probably went to see um, some, the people who look through the crystal balls and different things like that, you know, um, but they couldn't help her. And so he claimed her as his own. And then he affirmed her faith in front of everyone. And the thing that was Interesting to me was, was that he relieves her burden of having to prove her health. So that weight she had been carrying all those years was lifted when he did what he did. And truthfully speaking, um, he uses her as an example and letting the crowd know that it was her faith not her touch that healed her. So now she was thinking if I could just get close enough to touch it, I'll be healed. But it was her faith that healed her, not her touch. And you know, it's so funny how after she touched him, we all know the story. He felt power leave him. And he's asking, who touched me? He didn't even shame her. When she came forth, she was scared and fearful when she came forth, but he never shamed her. And so 
that's the same way he on, he's with us today. Like he, no matter what it is that you're doing, no matter your thoughts, no matter whatever your feelings, he's not going to shame you. He's going to be right there to receive you with open arms, to love on you and everything else. And that is the thing I love most about God is he is not like people. <laughs> Y'all, because if he was like people, who would be here? I'm going to let y'all, I'm going to let that just sit there with y'all for a second. Who would actually be here if he was like people? Exactly. So I can only imagine the relief that she must have felt. <laughs> yeah, it would have been on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. It'd been everywhere. Uh, on social media, basically, you know, but could you just imagine like how she must have felt having someone claim her as their own and then affirming her in front of the very people who would have shamed her, who would have spoke against her, who probably was in the group or in the crowd that did those things to her. But he showed that what concerned her concerned him. And because she had enough faith, like I said, it was when her faith touched his grace, she was healed. So she didn't even really have to touch him. It was just the fact that she believed that she was already healed. And all she was trying to do is just get close enough to him. And he felt something leave him instant. So every time things happen with us, just imagine the fact that we have an intercessor who leaves the throne to make intercession for us instant. So when you call upon him instantly, he comes up on your behalf. She probably felt, I don't, I know I probably would have felt like I was walking on air at that point. Because he did what nobody else could do. Which lets us know that a lot of times when we're looking to people or things to fix things that are wrong with us, that's the wrong mindset. That's not your source. Your source is him. And if you go to him, he's the one that can fix it. Why? Because he created us. He knows our thoughts before we know our thoughts. He, you know, and so he knows the intent of our heart. And so she was willing to risk being shamed, being humiliated, everything, even though she was fearful when he called her to come forth. She was fearful. She didn't know how to answer that. And she was probably scared that he was going to do her just like everybody else did. But he did. He did the direct opposite which lets you know that he does things on his, in, his, in his time and his way. So the way that we might think it should be done is not the way that he's going to do it. And so he did not handle her the way that people would have handled her and the way that they had handled her. Keep in mind, he's on his way to heal a sick child, going to one of the leader's house to heal his daughter 
But he stopped just for her. He stopped what he was doing. He stopped where he was going just for her. And he will do the same for each one of us if we call upon him. But anyway, um, after he used her as an example and letting the crowd know it was her faith, not her touch, that healed her. Then he gives her peace. He gave her peace. So again, she done, blood done dried up instantly. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I want to hear about things like that. I want to see and be a witness to things like that. Stuff happened instantly. A miracle. Why? Because of the faith. And his grace, right? So he blesses and affirms the action that has left her in fear. And she was actually right for seeking healing despite her dishonor. So her faith probably wasn't where it needed to be at. We've been there, done that. Some days I'm still like that, truthfully speaking. If we gonna be honest and keep it, real there's a there's some days when i'm still like that where my faith is questionable um and that's where i have to say lord help my belief help my unbelief <laughs> you know where i'm lacking faith increase my faith why because it is so easy y'all when i tell you just social media has been a good platform in several instances as it relates to this quarantine and this virus issue, but social media had also been the devil as well. I, you know, it would just be lovely to see people really post their truth, their reality, not what they want people to see, not what they want people to think. And it's so easy to get caught up and be sucked in by all the nonsense and foolishness. Why? Because it's somebody else's life. And again, it would be so much, I think social media would be so much better if people would really post their truth. Show where you, show what you really, where you really at in your life. You know, stop trying to impress folks that don't know you. You know, um, and so it's just so interesting that she was right for seeking him, even though she was looked at a certain kind of way because of her issue. Could you imagine being identified by your issue? Because she was identified by her issue amongst her peers. But she went to the source to fix the issue. If that makes sense. Of course it does, because we know that if we go to him. If it's in his will and he has purposed that for our lives, then that was that's what will be done. And it may not come through the way that we would like for it to come through. But 
we're not him. I, I don't know. But I mean, I didn't hang the moon and the stars and the sun. <laughs> you know, I didn't create human and mankind. I, I, I didn't do create animals and, you know. So, again, we can't think like him because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And so she probably didn't even imagine that that would be the outcome for her at all because everybody else had let her down and disappointed her. And that's just like us today. Folks will let you down and disappoint you, but God will not. And so, you know, this is probably one of my favorite scriptures, hence the reason why it's the very last chapter in my book, which is out. The second edition, Broken to Be or Not to Be, that is the question. It's on Amazon. Awesome, awesome. But this happens to be one of my favorite passages in the word of God because I don't know how many times I needed to touch the hem of his garment. I don't even know how many times I've been fearful and I have been hurting to a point where I needed relief and I just wanted it to stop, make it go away, you know? And so a lot of times it's in our decisions. How desperate are you? Are you really tired of dealing with that issue? Or do you just like the attention that you get because most of the time, that's what we want. We want the attention. We want somebody, you know, just whatever over us. Um, but there are some things that you don't need attention for. You just, you need the Lord because he's the one that can fix it. And so, you know, I'm grateful and thankful um, just for an opportunity to just share you know, my thoughts with everyone. I don't know who listens. Some people I do know that are listening, but there are others who have been listening that I don't know. And so I'm just grateful and thankful that God has given me an opportunity for a platform like this. Um, my friends always say, you know, you always got interesting things to talk about, you know, so this is something that I feel like I'm just in my element. And so I am looking for sponsors as well in this next season of my life. Um, I feel like this platform is, there's endless opportunities on this platform. So I'm looking for sponsors. If you know anyone who would be willing to sponsor my podcast, I would love it um, to connect with them. Um, this podcast is also on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, of course, Podbean. Um, just want to take a moment also to just say that, you know, um, my sister has an organization, More Than My Pretty Face, where she's helping youth girls between the ages of 14 and 18. Um, we have a upcoming Friendsgiving in December. So we're accepting donations. Um, in all different sorts, you can go to the website, morethanmyprettyface.org, 
if you want to donate to the cause. Um, it's an awesome organization. Uh, we have had three sessions already and the girls are just, I can't wait to see what they're like at the end of this. But the fact that they're just taking it in um, and the opportunity to just be a blessing in their life and see it is an awesome thing as well. Uh, my friend Linda has an awesome organization also, empowerhim.org. If you're interested in getting involved, that one, um, she actually is working with ex-felons. So anyone who's interested in becoming an entrepreneur, send them that way because we know that the number goes, it stays with you the rest of your life. You can pay your debt to society, but that number still going to follow you. And people are just not going to receive you. So now just imagine them. Think about it. They done been all, spent all this time. They probably did the, did the crime. So they had to do the time. Um, and they paid their debt. Now they want to rebuild and, and do better for themselves. And society frowns upon that. They make it very difficult for them to be able to do that. So she deals with ex-felons, like I said, who want to be entrepreneurs, business owners, um, empowerhim.org is the website for that. Again, I want to just say thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Robin. Be encouraged and know that I'm praying for you. Peace and blessings to you.